Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today's guest is an American photographer based in Baltimore, focuses on portrait, beauty, fashion, and wedding photography, um, serving the DMV, the, this whole area, Atlanta, NYC. We have E. Andrew Murray. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here, my friend. Um, so, uh, you know, as you touched on earlier, uh, the homie alpha connected things, he, he, he hit me up and he was like, you need to reach out. I was like, all right, that's a bet. And then it yeah. just, it was really expeditious. Yeah. So, um, for, for those who are, who are not dipped, who are unfamiliar, um, speak on what your work is. Cause yeah. I'm going to give that thousand foot view. Mm-hmm. So you, you just put it out there. How do you describe your work and, and put it out there for the fine folks? Um, so you see my shirt, this is like my mantra and it says zoning. So my work is about a connection. It's about energy. It's it's like colors and striations. It's just like that it's intertwining like creative souls. So I, I really think my work is really, it's really an experience slash it's the moment, right? So you're going to get an experience because we're going to, we're going to enjoy the music. We're going to enjoy the posing. It's going to be a lot of interaction. Um, Robert Frank is one of the, he's a, he's a photographer that I study and he, he's one of his greatest quotes is, um, the photographs should show the humanity of the moment. Like that's really important. So, and mm-hmm. my, 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 my pictures, you know, when you get candidates, you can really see the humanity, but when you're setting up and staging a picture, sometimes you can't see it. So if I had to describe my work, it's just like, it's like an experience and a movement. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not a movement in the sense that, you know, we are going to Congress and we're trying to push a bill, but it's just a movement of people that really believe in this art and it's passionate and they overindulge in this work and they really want to put out this work because they got all this work inside of them. So I'm not, I'm not a norm, you know, and I'm not trying to be a norm, but my work is about energy and colors and vibrance and you know just um the experience I, that's, that's how i can tell you you know yeah I mean, I mean even in looking at the uh some of the portraits behind you on your wall i already see the color that's popping even with even to what you're wearing the uh, the tire that you're wearing i i see this laker such a nah, situation omega that's sci-fi. <laughs> it's omega sci-fi. okay you know a little that i get you and um <laughs> I, so i see that and then <laughs> i even see yeah. the, <laughs> i see the, the the colors even in the portraits of maybe the the yes. choice of um clothing that's worn it's like these things are intentional to bring more life and more Not energy in that moment at least that's what i'm seeing as the, you know person seeing yep. it yeah. yeah, colors, I mean, so to be honest, colors had impact mood, right? You know, you, you know, growing up, they would say, hey, don't when you go for a job interview, don't wear a red, a red tie, you know, because you might seem yeah. or present yourself to be someone that's being forceful. You know, blue has more of a calming mood. So I'm big on colors. I, I really believe that, um, you know, we, were on, we, we, we live in a world that is very black and white. People say, oh, I want a colorless world. I want a diverse world. It's not true. It's, it's very black and white. You know, it's either this mm-hmm. or it's that. And those and there are a lot of us that are in between. That's like, OK, I get this and I can do this and I get that, but this is where I'm at. So my, yeah. my, my, my work just reflects colors. I love looking at colors. I, I'm getting into black and white a lot, but I love colors. And I love colors that have, um, that pop, that are dominant. And I like color blocking and I like color confusion, right? Cause I, I think like, um, I'm a, I'm, I love John Coltrane. He's one of my favorite, favorite artists, right? Of all time. I have damn near every CD. I can tell you his story, right? And yeah. John Coltrane, when he would improvise, like he would just be trying to find his way through his music. Like he is the one creating the music and he's trying to find his way through the music while at the same time trying to keep things going where his rhythm section is like keeping him on peak. And I feel like that's what my work yeah. is. I feel like it's just a lot of stuff happening, but it grabs your attention. And you might be like, yeah. yo, and he might be like, or she might be like, yo. And I'm like, I don't know what y'all see because I'm not doing it. You know, so, I mean, that's that's it, bro. 
but, but it's interesting you touched on that. Um, this, this is a question I generally kind of put out there um, and I didn't have it in a, what I think I sent you, but you mentioned Coltrane. Mm. And so I start looking at, I start asking that question around like, who are some of your influences? But I, I add a little bit of a caveat to it. Who are some of your influences that aren't necessarily in your discipline? Uh, Malcolm X. Um, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X when I was uh, in high school. I actually read, I read, read the book. I had to write a report for uh, my senior year in high school and my brother had the book. So I went to my brother and I was like, yo, tell me about the story. And I like, literally I wrote the paper on what he told me, didn't read the book. I, I presented it to my teacher and my teacher was like, this is trash. Like this is the worst. <laughs> and, and the book forced me that her comment forced me to go and read the book. And when I read the book, I was like, man, this man is just so passionate. Like he, he his whole life, was about passion. So it's Malcolm X, Bob Marley. I love Bob Marley. I love Bob Marley. I know I'm akin to Bob Marley in some capacity. I love Harriet Tubman. I love Harriet Tubman. Um, who are some of my other influences? Um, I'm big, big, big fan of Denzel Washington, and I'm I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan of how he approaches his work. I love individuals that indulge in their work, and and you can see the transformation of from every character you know, from them going through it to actually perfecting it. Um, there, there's so many, you know, so many entertainers. Yeah. Uh, my mom is one of my greatest influences. Uh, my mother used to, I'm, I'm a 70s baby, so my mother used to throw a lot of this stuff on me and I used to push and fight it. And now it's all in my work now. Like her, the Sundays when she used to play the music and, you know, tell, tell us about, we were celebrating Kwanzaa. In New, I'm from New York, so we were celebrating Kwanzaa yeah. back in 75, you know, but like right. all that just comes out. So I, I would say, I mean, it's probably more and I, I, I'm doing them just justice, but Malcolm X by far, um, John Coltrane by far, Bob Marley by far, my mom, I like Harriet Tubman because I felt like Harriet Tubman, like she was already free and you going back, yeah. you keep on going back and you grabbing people. Like, yeah. so... I like people that indulge and people that are like incredibly passionate about what they believe in. I did good. Mm -hmm. So, so, so speak on like how you got started and what drew you to the visual mediums over other artistic expressions. So I've had a camera from back maybe like 2014. Uh, I, and I'll always take pictures prior to that. Um, but you know, there's a term in photography is that, um, you're not a photographer till you shoot on manual, right? So I would, I told you I'm in a fraternity and I would shoot, I'm shout out to Omega Sci-Fi, Q Sci-Fi, but I would shoot all the events. My, I had a camera and I just was shooting. I'm shooting on auto. I'm just getting all the, the candid shots, pop, pop, pop. And I'm enjoying it, you know, here and there. And then about 2017, May, one of my friends, who's my fraternity brother, his girlfriend was pregnant. And he was like, yo, can you take a portrait of us? And I'm like, I don't, that's not what I do. He's like, but I like your work. Just from my event photography stuff, I shot him. Mm -hmm. And then the following year, 2018, he was like, can we go back to the same place? And can this time I want to do it with the baby? And I did that. And there was that moment that like something just turned on. So I shot maybe this was May or June of 2018. And then I shot someone in June. So it was May. Then I shot someone in June. Then I shot, shot someone in July. And I have a mentor in New York named, shout out to, his name is uh, Terrence Hamilton, but it's Riverside, Riverside 3. Was it NYC Riverside 3 or something like that? He, um, I call him, like I was Pookie and he was like the dude from the Carters, right? Like we had a, yeah. we had a discussion and we started talking and he, and I was working on a model in New York. I was going to take a picture of shoot. And he brought me into his studio and I got attracted to light, man. And after 
messing with Terrence, I connected with one of my mentors. My greatest mentor is a guy named Matthew Jordan Smith. Um, he's a world-renowned photographer. He's big on beauty. Um, he's a portrait fashion photographer. And I, I started taking his photography lighting class with him and I got addicted. So I, I can truly say that Terrence kind of like, he gave me that first hit. And Matthew is the person that constantly is feeding me where like this dude, yeah. this dude has shot, you name him, he shot him. And he's not, you know how you sometimes join these courses and it's, and you don't really have a full connection with the person that's world renowned. Now this dude, I can email him, text him, whatever. And he's in Japan, yeah. you know, and he's available, you know, and he, he's, he, yeah. he critiques my work and also gives me a lot of encouragement. So I just, I'm, I am obsessed with photography. I pretty much, bro, I probably either shoot every day or edit every day, but I probably put about seven to eight hours a day in something around photography. That, that's that's good to hear. And it kind of comes through and how you're describing it. And it resonates with some of the people who are your influences, mm -hmm. like why they resonate for you as an influence. You're living by that kind of credo, what have you. And um, I, I remember in trying to learn something for my my day job as a, I'm a data analyst, mm -hmm. And I remember getting some advice from um, one of these guys that kind of helped me along that path and learning it. He's like, do you want to learn it from someone that's doing right. it or someone that's teaching right. it? And I was like, someone that's doing right. it. And I do, I support, I, I keep that that idea in mind and I support people in helping uh, teach people how to do podcasting mm -hmm. and things like that, mm -hmm. the, tech, the technology aspect and running the show and things like that. I've been on it for 12 years. Wow. And I, 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 I'm like, I do something related to podcasts every day. Sometimes it might mm -hmm. be I'm doing three or four podcasts. Sometimes I'm sitting mm -hmm. here editing. Sometimes I'm putting out notes, doing movie research because I'm running three podcasts mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And it's always wow. something moving and inching that needle to what am I doing? Right. And it's like, how, how can I always be working on my craft instead of um, it, it going, it's going back to, I think, I think it was Denzel Washington that said something along these lines. And I think Sam Jackson around, I'm a working actor, not like I'm a movie star, I'm a working right, actor. Right. It's like, this is my job. Right, right. And that's the way I kind of look at it. I, so I, I have a thing that I tell people all the time, push past your progress. So most of us like, so you think about like, say if you're doing pushups, right? You know, brothers always getting the pushups in, right? So yeah. most of us be like, okay, I'm gonna do 15, I'm gonna do 25, I'm gonna do 30, right? So that's your goal to do 25, 30. My push past progress is, okay, so if my goal is 25, I'm hitting 35. Because, because when you get at, when you get at 26, the arms start to burn, right? If you can yeah. get between 26 and 35, the, the, just the mental discipline that goes in mm -hmm. that, that burn takes you to wherever you got to go. I like, I yeah. live for the opportunity to push past where I'm at. Like I, I when mm -hmm. I present something, I do work. I don't really care. Like that's nice. I'm, I, I like it. But I love the energy and putting it together. I love the energy and being in the studio. You know, like the, this is just a reflection of my progress. That's all it is. So yeah. no, I, I like what you said. Like that's, I live for. Let me go past. Let let me let me continue to grind because, like, we're not here for the. I'm not here for the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that thing sometimes I, I talk with people and they're like, why aren't you just satisfied with X, Y, and Z? Mm. It's like, yeah, I'm not chasing. That. Right. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want that. It's coming from me and I'm looking for while enjoying what I'm doing, while enjoying the process and enjoying conversations like this, right. ultimately I'm looking for when I, I don't know what makes me satisfied yet because I haven't reached. Don't be satisfied. And, and that's the thing. Don't be it's unattainable. Yeah. Don't, like <laughs> right. matter of fact, your satisfaction is the unsatisfaction. You know, like I tell people be uncomfortable with comfort. 
I don't yeah. want it, you know. I, but no, I, I love that. I eat that up. And bro, let me say this: you got an amazing voice. I was, I'm like, God, this guy is like, <laughs> like straight you. up. He needs to be on cable or something, you know. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Um, and thank you, I appreciate that. Um, so let's see. Uh, and I've been accused of this recently because um, we we've been doing a few uh, photo shoots, me and uh, my my different um, co-hosts and, and people I'm working with. Some folks are photogenic. Others, um, I read that. They're, 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 some people are photogenic, some people aren't. And I read that your background is in that model development, mm-hmm, coaching mm-hmm, kind of space as mm-hmm. well. Uh, share your observations as a coach on how people can be more photogenic. I mean, I think so. Different people have are appealing regardless, right? So meaning like you can see somebody, you see a, a gentleman, he's very handsome. Take a gentleman, he's middle-aged, 50, brown skin, and got gray hair and gray beard. He becomes attractive. Right. When he was 20, he might not have that facial hairs. And some people might say, OK, he looks OK. But I think the goal of making people photogenic is making people comfortable on who they are. A lot of times a person will say, like, if I say to you, Rob, what's your, your, your best side? You be like, oh, my right side. And most likely if you say it's your right, it's your left. It's never where you say it. it's where you think it is, because that's where you spend a lot of time. You take your selfies on the same side. But one of the things that I, I attempt to do, one of the things I also do is. Um, so there's a gentleman by the name of um, um, Jeff Rojas out of New York, really great photographer. And he talks about the different shapes of heads. There's oval, um, oval uh, blonde. There's a heart shaped face. There's a square face. There are different shapes shapes of faces. So if you know how to position their faces in the picture, and in particular, take African-Americans, we have real strong features. Our features are probably protrude more than our, our white brothers or our Asian brothers, right? So for me, mm-hmm. it, depending on the type of light that I'm using or the type of modifier that I'm using, if I might shoot that light, that modifier, sorry about putting my hand like that, but straight on, it might, because we, we have these, these features, you might get shadows and it might not be as flattering. So it's the, it's the responsibility of me. If I was shooting you right now, I'm looking at you. I notice every time, I guess your, your right shoulder is right here. Right. Is that your right hand? Yeah. So I notice that every yeah. time you turn to your left from your right, you're relaxed with your eye. When you turn to your right, to your, to your, um, to your left, to your, excuse me, when you're at, from your right to your left, you're relaxed. When you're left to your right, you're really more sort of, most of your questions that you've asked me, you turned your head this way. So I kind of see where you have, but you smile differently on the right side to the left side. So it's, it is the responsibility of the photographer to say, yeah. how can I make them better? Cause some people walk in and they're like, oh my God, they're just gorgeous, male, female, they look great. <laughs> and some people walk in you're like, yeah. okay, I gotta, now I gotta take all the lessons that I've learned and I gotta make sure I help them out because my job is to be able to give you the image that makes you feel good. I, when I, if I, yeah. if I was taking your picture, I want you to be frustrated because you don't know which picture to select. Gotcha. You know? yeah. But it's important to see that. It's important to see the lines. It's important to see our chin. Our, you know, if you got a cleft, mm-hmm. our nose, black people, in particular people of color, we have thicker noses. So you really want to make sure that you flatter them. And also the, the, the use of your lights and your modifier, the modifiers, the thing that you put on the lights to project, whether you're going to use a beauty dish, whether you're going to use an octobox. It's funny, I shoot more beauty now with an octobox because I want more spread of light. When I use a beauty dish, mm-hmm. the beauty dish is just really hitting just the face. And if you don't position the face accordingly. But I just think it, I think it is important as a photographer, with your clients, you study your clients, not just this person's yeah. paying me, they look good or they don't look good. And I'm just going to shoot because I have these five shots that I normally do. And I have this five and I have this lighting style and you are going to fit into my thing. I don't do that. I, 
I, I look at you, I study you, I'll go on everything that you have, social media, you know, and I'll, and I'll try to find something. One, I want to find something that you haven't done. And two, I want to make sure that I make you feel great with that picture. That picture is going to last longer than we are going to last. So I want your yeah. great, great grandchildren to be like, oh, that, that was, that was granddaddy. But, but the connection <laughs> is I took that picture. Yeah. So I want to be able to hold it, you know? Um, no, I, I dig that. That is uh, that is a breakdown and a half right there. <laughs> I, I appreciate that because it's 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 a thing where when people are observant and, and, and they see it, it's like, oh, I noticed you do this. Mm-hmm. And it's more of an observation as opposed to some people may feel a little judgment. They start changing and correcting mm-hmm. that behavior. It's like, oh, no, what, what am I doing? And yeah, it's, it's a thing or what have you. That's that's really good. And also. I noticed um, I had a conversation with a photographer previously. We were talking about like the, the use of lighting when it comes to certain um, uh, ethnicities mm-hmm. and such. And it's like having people, having things represented. It's like, I need a black person shooting me. I need, <laughs> you know, to kind of get those, those features will have you or someone with experience in that space. And that speaks to like that representation and things of that nature, just acknowledging it's like, I can't shoot everyone in this cookie cutter sort of way. I have to use this light. I have to use these filters, these different mechanisms to accentuate what's naturally there. So I think, so I'm about to tell you something that might be controversial. So I hope I don't get in trouble because I'm definitely not making the money that she's making. So I do think it's important that one, that agencies that book photographers book people that represent what they're looking for. And a lot of times, so let's say take Vogue magazine, Vogue magazine will have a creative director and they will say, you know, this is what I'm going for. And then they'll start looking for photographers that go through agencies. So recently, Annie Leibowitz, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She did the Simone Biles um, cover of Vogue magazine. And a lot of photographers, we were bothered by that. We were really bothered by that because it, it, you know, I mean, Annie Leibowitz is, you know, everyone loves her. She takes classes. You know, if you bring on your podcast, you spend in about $20,000 just to talk to her, you know? So she's that yeah. person. Um, I don't, it, it does seem like a lot of things that I see are very similar, you know, and I don't, as a photographer, I didn't look at it like, yo, she don't know how to shoot black people. I just think she has in her mind what things look like. A few years ago, she had on, on I believe it was Vogue, a picture of LeBron James. I don't know if you ever saw it, it was LeBron James holding um, Giselle. To me, it was a reference yeah. of the King Kong joint. So I just, when I start seeing images like that, mm-hmm. I'm like, Hmm, maybe you don't understand what how that makes us feel. And I don't know if she's like, I made him King Kong and I got issues with African-Americans. I don't believe she's like that. I just think that there has to right. be a level of sensitivity. Now, there's a young brother named Dario. I forget Dario's last name. He's out of New York. I love his work. He did the cover of he did Vanity Fair with Viola, Viola Davis, where yeah. you saw her back and she was holding, she it was blue, right? And then, but it was a play on the slave that was whipped in his back. I don't know if you saw that. So, but, but when you talk about colors, he used the right lighting to accentuate her skin complexion. If you look at the Annie Leibovitz cover of Simone Biles, it looked very chalky, you know? So I do Mm -hmm. think that, I do think that, um, I think when you shoot African-Americans, you need to understand the culture a little bit. And then try to infuse what you know about technology and lighting to insinuate. Like this woman behind me, she's real dark skinned, right? So I yeah. made sure that she had, I wanted her to have something that was, you know, colorful to pop her skin. I, I'm not gonna put her in a black mm-hmm. scarf. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not gonna have, yeah. I'm not gonna have dramatic lighting where I might use a, a small um, modifier that doesn't show her strong features. So I just, and I'm like, I'm not on Annie Lee. Annie Lee will run rings around me with her knowledge. But <laughs> yeah. I just think that 
um, it is important as a photographer to one research a client. Cause if I'm shooting non-African-American, I'm not, I'm black. So I know what I do and what we do, I will study, but I, I, I study, you know, famous photographers who don't look like me. A lot of the people who influence my work don't look like me, but I'm definitely going to mm-hmm. make sure that I know how to shoot people who look like me. You know, I don't get that back. You take a picture, you don't get that. It's over, you know? So you want to be, you want to do it at your very best. So, so would you, and, and that, and I think that has answered actually my next question in terms of like the importance of diversity and exploring, like working with other creatives and what, what that diversity actually looks like. Cause I think if it's, you stay siloed in your own group, your own demo, you're unable to kind of expand and, and work in other places and actually learn different things and learn different uh, approaches to what your craft is. I mean, I think it, 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 mat- it matters depending on what you're trying to do. So, of course, if you're working on a personal project, then you might want to do a silo because you want to research it. You want to make sure it really that you're able to execute whatever that vision is. And, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that you should study time, history, study fabric, study everything so you can connect to what you want. It, it sometimes gets a little clumsy because you know what you want to get done. And when you are working in a group, you have other creators that have a different vision too. So it becomes conflicting yeah. and competing. So it is, for me, it is difficult. I'm not difficult for me. I understand how difficult it is because, um, you know, I know how I wanted, how I wanted to, um, I, I, how I wanted to play out. And what I normally do, if, if I have an idea, I backtrack. So if I say, I want to shoot a brother that's doing a podcast, that's the first thing I do. And then I work my way back to the day one. And when I get day one, it allows me to then turn back and then move forward to make sure I get to it. But it is important to get the diversity because things are different now. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a yeah. middle aged man. Um, and it's funny. I have a I have a modeling development company and my coach is 19 years old. You know, so I have <laughs> yeah. to I have to listen to the things that she's presenting from her lens. You know, she's I have a daughter that's 16 and, you know. I have to, I can't just take, no, I do it this way. And I think th- th- this newer generation, they want, and they want to be included so much, but they kind of want it on their terms. And I guess it was kind of the way, I, you know, I did it, but with my coach, right. So we have, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to answer your question by you, by giving an example. So I have this no, thing please. called, I have this thing called zone Academy, right. And I meet twice a month with models. We develop facial expressions, poses. We do, we do, they do print, they work on their portfolio. So I will go to my, my coach and I'll say, Hey, what, what looks are we doing this week? I'll say, Hey, this is what I want to execute. And then, you know, you're a thought partner, which, what do you want to do? And then we develop a Pinterest board around it. We develop our board, our creative board, and we talk through everything. If, I'm working on my own project. I might, I might come to you for reference. Like, what do you think this happened? And, you know, in Italy during 1934, what are some of the things that's the type of collaboration I take, but you know, when it's your, when it's your vision and it's the thing that you want to execute or something that's inside of you and you get the aha moment, like I want this, it happens where you, you need to have full control. My mentor had told me when you do a shoot or you look for publishing, you are responsible for the hair, the makeup, and the clothes. No one is looking at the makeup artist like, oh, she didn't do a good job. No one is looking at the stylist. Right. They're looking at you. We booked you. You pay those people out. So, you know, but when I'm working with makeup artists and stylists, what I do now is we sit down, we have a meeting. I show them sketch or this is what I want to get it done. And then I, 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 I require, not require, I want them to do the same. And then we all come back to the, to the table and make sure that it's, you know, the plan looks like what we all want. 
You yeah, know. it's it, it sounds very head coach oriented. Like when, when somebody's going through what is that a uh, Black Monday and the, the coaches are getting fired at the NFL season, they're not looking at coordinators first. They're looking at those head nah. coaches. It's like you got to keep that person right. in pocket. Like, right. So you right, better make a decision. Right. Right. Uh, right. So 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 what would be that, that 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 one thing that comes to mind? It doesn't have to be the most major, but it has it has to be just something that pops in your head like you wish you knew when you, you, you first got started in this photography space? Hmm, I think maybe um, a better understanding of lighting. So I, I tell people um, what you get, like you get a bunch of photographers, everyone shoots, everyone does their thing. So there has to be a separation between Rob and Andrew, like what's different between our work. And for me, I put a lot of my work on my lighting, like my lighting, if you go on my page, my, I want to believe that my stuff is vibrant, right? Mm-hmm. I wish I had had a better, I knew about lighting. I was studying lighting, but I, I have an app on my phone called solar and I can look and I purposely look at it and it tells me where the sun is at. I look at the sun <laughs> a lot. I look at the stars, yeah. anything that, anything that illuminates, I look at it and I'm like, wow, can I recreate that? How can I do that? How can I, how can I take what I see outside? Cause that's all you do with studio lights. You're trying to recreate the sun or you're trying to re- yeah. recreate a, a light mood. But I wish I would have had more understanding cause I was just gunning. Like I, I wanted to shoot, so I would shoot. 10 models this week, 30 models next week. So I just was gunning and the work was not really strong. And when you would, you know, I would reach out to models like, Hey, I want to shoot. And they would courteous, courteous and be like, Oh, you know, I'm busy. Oh, I got this going on. But you, you knew after hearing enough, they didn't not feel my work, you know, but I wish right. I had a better understanding, but I'm also one of those people that I think your time is your time. So as much as I say that, you know, if I'd have had better understanding of lighting, and if you'd ask me this question now, I would have said something different. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm happy where I'm at, you know, and there's so much I'm like I'm nowhere where I need to be at. Yeah, and I think that's a driving thing too, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, I, I want to learn this new thing to add to that toolkit or what have right. you. And I think that's the thing that's always alluring and attractive for a practice. Uh, if it's keeping you interested and keeps bringing you there, like you get flipped in your head enough times. You're like, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of that one. And right. it's like, you can get flipped in your head in a different way, right. but you keep going after not getting flipped in your head. Facts. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> um, so this is the, the last question that I have before we get into some shameless plugs. Um, Cause I, I, it would be, I would be remiss um, not to really tie it back to, to Baltimore. Cause ultimately that's where we're at and what we're, you know, where these conversations are happening. Um, creatively speaking, share, Three things you think Baltimore needs more of. So as far as on art or just period? Um, art, um, from your vantage point, it could be art, it could be a mixture. All right, let's let's go, let's go with I'll go art last. So okay. I, I do think that um Baltimore needs more opportunities for um professional individuals to come back to the place that they grew up at and to invest. Uh, the thing that I struggle with to hear people say, yeah, I'm from Baltimore, I'm this, and I'm, and I'm not from Baltimore. I'm this and that. I grew up over on Edmondson. I grew up over on York Road. But then you're not over there. <laughs> like, you're not, right. you see them dudes over there struggling and you ain't giving, you have something. You know, Du Bois talked about the talented 10th. You know, I mean, was it Du Bois or was Washington? It was, it was, the, it was Du Bois, I'm sorry. Du Bois talked about the talented 10th. Like, the talent is supposed to go back. I have a, I have a yeah. group called Be More Shoots, right? Where, Mm-hmm. monthly or every other month I take photographers and we network and with models and I work with photographers on how to shoot. I got, I'm, and I'm not saying it like, you know, I'm that guy, but I'm like, with, with, my, with that little influence, I can help somebody different. And there's just too many doctors, yeah. lawyers, too many people in this area, you know, that 
I grew up, I grew over there in the village. Yeah, okay, but go over to the village now, okay? Let them physically see you at the village, like where you at in your suit. So I think more people who uh, grew up here, black and white, I don't care what, what color you are, go back and 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 push pick up that next person and help them out. I think that. I think um so I've been here since 96. And it, everything sounds the same as far as every different politician that gets in. Everything's the same. We still have murders, you know. Murders stopped a little bit because of COVID, you know. People back, they back out there, they killing. So it's just every everything is the same, you know. People, the first thing people want to do is talk negative about education. But you're not putting the real resources in and you're not holding people accountable. So now, whenever you want to just, you know, pull at people's strings a little bit, what you do is you say, well, the school system's not working. You know, there's a, there's a TV station, Fox, whatever. All they do is talk negative about city mm-hmm. like fox really want you really want to do something why don't you invest some of your money and help out i'm not i'm not one of those people that i might point the finger at you but i'm coming right behind that finger with something you know what i mean so i just yeah. i don't i struggle with that now as far as the art man this place here like i've reached out to a lot of creatives like yo i love your work your joint is dope and they pay you off <laughs> like you like like first of all mm-hmm. bruh bruh you 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 bleed you pee and you shit just like me. I'm just giving yeah. you your joints. And I'm talking about well-known dudes that everybody know now. You hit them, you DM them, they play you off. Anybody DM me, yo, I'm available. I'm going to, re- I'm yeah. appreciative. You know, I, I will be like this. And I just, so in the art community, we need to have a real arts festival, not that stuff they do every summer. I'm talking about where real creatives do what they do. The brother Massacre, and I had to do this. This dude, yeah. I'm about to open up a studio on Monday. If it wasn't yeah. for him, like he, we work together. And I was like, bro, yeah. I'm tired of renting studios. Do you know any place? Oh, place I'm about to move out. Why don't you check them out? This is the same brother that told me about you. Like that's the yeah. community, like that's, we supposed to each one teach one. So we have to stop. I don't know if it's everybody, but when I meet other photographers, right. And I'm, I'm not well known, but I, but People know me in the city. Like people might not know my face, but like, oh, you Andrew? Oh, yeah, I saw your work. So I'll yeah. meet photographers and I'll come in a spot and it's you can see it's like tight face. I'm like, you know, like, mm-hmm. bruh, I, I'm I'm open. Like, you know, so it's just we need opportunities to meet each other, see each other, display each other's work. You know, just like more like community type of things as far as in the arts, whether it's painting, it's photography. You know, the painters used to the painters back in the early 1900s struggled with the photographers. They felt like we was, <laughs> they felt like we was coming in and we was changing yeah. things. But we do need more opportunities. And I just wish that those who have made it are not just doing their little things so they can mm-hmm. do a little plug, but really make sure that other people are eating. In my camp, we all eat. That's my philosophy. Yeah. We all eat. So that's that's the three things I think. I think that's um I think that's that's a lot of truth there. And I appreciate your candidness with mm-hmm. that. That's 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 great. Yeah. Um so at this moment, this is that part of the pod where uh, I like to let the guests do their shameless plugs. So social media, website, all that good stuff. Where can they check you out? Okay, so website is E. Andrew Murray Photography. E. Andrew Murray Photography. For um, Facebook, um, Evan Murray, right? Or E. Andrew Murray. Um, yeah. My first name is Evan, but everyone calls me a- Andrew. That, that lets me know, if you call me Evan, if you call me Evan, like, you know me from New York. How you know me from New York, you know? If you call, <laughs> if you call me Evan, I'm like, okay, this is professional. Don't call me Evan when I'm doing art. And if you call me Andrew, I know we family. That's, I like Andrew a lot. Um, so Evan Murray on Facebook, 
but also there's an E Andrew Murray page on Facebook. On Instagram, yeah. I got a bunch. So if you want my spicy stuff, like my semi sexy, it's called yeah. Just Shoot Glam. Just Shoot yeah. Glam. Then I have for Zoning Academy, is one called Zone Academy. That's where I model, model development. I have one called Be More Shoots. So it's Be More underscore. S H O O T Z, be more shoots. Mm -hmm. And then it's E Andrew Mark photographer, photography, E Andrew Mark photography. So there you have it, folks. Um, thank you again for coming on to this podcast. You, um, I'm Rob Lee for E Andrew Murray saying, um, uh, that's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs> <laughs>